Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and I'm so excited to have a returning guest for you this week. Chris Davis had her first appearance with me on November 1st, 2021, where she goes into detail about her life and and an upcoming memoir that she was going to write about her story. And if you search for Meet Chris Davis, you'll find her story and her backstory. But today we're here to celebrate Chris on a whole new level. And that is because that memoir she talked about, she actually finished that memoir. And that's brilliant. So <laughs> congratulations, Chris. Welcome back to Gay With God. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here again. I know. Chris and I are are like two sisters that found each other <laughs> through the universe. <laughs> and we uh, wound up in the same writing group and uh, went through the same kind of education to to prepare us for doing what we wanted to do with our writing. And and she beat me to the finish line, man. She like <laughs> shot through. <laughs> yes, I won. Yeah, you won. <laughs> and so the uh, trophy's in the mail. It's coming up. <laughs> But I've just been so honored to walk this this journey with you, Chris. I just love your enthusiasm and your light that you're putting into the world. And this memoir is just amazing. I'm so proud of you, and I'm so excited to have you here on, on my little platform to spread the word about this memoir. Guys, it's called Worthy, the Memoir of an Ex-Mormon Lesbian. So, yeah, there, let's unpack that. <laughs> <laughs> great title, by the way, great cover. I love everything about your book. So my first question would be, what compelled you to write this memoir? Because I know from my own journey writing a memoir that it is extremely difficult to go back and unpack all those memories that we have thought we processed, tucked away, <laughs> put it back behind us, moved forward, and now we're rehashing all of that pain on a whole different level. And it really, we for me, and you can talk to, about yourself, but for me, it brought up emotions that I thought I had dealt with and it brought things up in a painful way that I didn't expect. So first, what compelled you to write your memoir? And then we can lead, lean into how has that, how did that affect you to go back through that journey? So what compelled you? It definitely was an emotional journey, like mm. you said. Mm -hmm. And having been through it recently, you understand just the, <laughs> the tumult that that invites mm -hmm. into your into your emotional life. But we had uh, talked about an essay that I had coming out in an anthology. Yes. Um, uh, I spoke to you with silence was the name of the anthology. And I got so much feedback about it that that people were interested in the story. And I was on a couple of podcasts and I networked heavily. And one of the podcasters uh, introduced me to Jen, our publisher. Uh -huh. 
And Jen was like, maybe there's a story there. And, you know, just, you know, just encouraging me. And um, the more I thought about it, the more I wrote stream of consciousness and just, I came up with a book. I came up with some concepts that I thought I could develop in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, concepts of worthiness, concepts of, um, you know, dealing with the patriarchy as a woman and as a gay woman in the in the Mormon church and mm-hmm. um, also family, um, family issues, but but celebrations of family in my in my childhood. And mm-hmm. um, it all I just um, somehow I made it all fit together. And <laughs> it's, it's, there are heavy moments in the book, but they, there are lighter moments of humor. And um, I don't know, candor on both on both extremes. And I really um, am very proud of the book. You're right. Um, it does bring up a lot of emotions. And mm-hmm. but I found that writing it helped me to define those things. They weren't, mm-hmm. they were just swimming around in my head. Mm-hmm. And so putting them on paper made them more concrete. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I had to, um, I had to do a lot of work emotionally mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, be able to communicate my feelings and, and define them, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm glad it helped. I agree with you that, that, people and I've even recommended this to people when I was doing therapy is to keep a journal you know write things down on paper I never did I never wrote a journal (laughs) I knew it was very good for people to do but I'm I was always too scattered or too tired to write anything at the end of the day so I never did so I think my memoir became my journal (laughs) yeah and I I agree with you that putting it on paper so if you guys are listening out there in podcast land we're not kidding a journal is probably a really really good idea because writing it down helps you see it on a whole different level and and just and it expels it from you it really does talking it out does one thing and it's very beneficial and writing it is a whole different level so I'm glad you found that healing and and that it solidified some things for you Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Go ahead. You were about to say Uh, I was just going to um, let your audience know that I feature a blurb from you in the in the beginning of my book and on my website and in all of my promotions. You are so kind. You read an advanced copy and you and you um, you gushed for me. And I really appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. And it's easy to do. I mean, you know, I'm I'm so glad that when you asked me to write that, that I liked it for real. You. you know, I hate to be inauthentic, so. <laughs> so I really meant it. So if you read it, guys, go go check it out. You can see my blurb and my gushing, but it's authentic and it's real because I, I can't write something that's not. So um, I mean, I mean, every word of it. So um, I would love for you to read something uh, from your memoir and let's uh, let's unpack some of it. So uh, I know that you've prepared a couple of selections. So let's start with the first one. All right. Um, I I wrote, um, let me just say a little bit about the format of the book. Uh-huh. Each chapter has two halves. The first half is a nostalgic story, mostly from my childhood, um, that introduces kind of a theme. And mm-hmm. then in the second half of each chapter is a traumatic story from being in the church. And mm-hmm. I draw that thread through both halves of the chapter. That so theme. brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, so brilliant. <laughs> Uh, and so I, I um, thought that maybe I would start with the conclusion. Okay. <laughs> today. So, so spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. Uh, all the spoils today. 
<laughs> but um, this is this was written after I had finished everything and I was mm-hmm. just, um, you know, wrapping up and waxing nostalgic about the process and mm-hmm. and everything that I had been through in the last 20, well, 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this uh, this selection that I'm just going to read now is about uh, signing my divorce papers. Okay. I just signed my divorce agreement in front of a notary public. So many emotions are surging through my mind. I know ending the marriage is the right thing for, to do for me. I sacrificed over 20 years of my life for my family to provide a stable home for my children. I tried to spare my ex-husband from the hurt that has inevitably come between us. Even though I wasn't a perfect mother during those years, I honestly tried my best every single day. And now that I'm at the crossroads of married and not married, I find more ambivalence than I expected. My heart is torn between who I was for so many years and who I have become over the last couple of years since coming out in January of 2020. Divorce is the obvious right path for me as a lesbian who was married to a man. However, I'm not used to making decisions that hurt those I love the most. I'm forever breaking up the only nuclear family my children have known. For the first time in my life, I'm acting in my own best interest at the expense of my loved ones. Mm, that's so beautiful. It, and it, and I feel that that pain of having to choose you, that you really had to choose you for the first time ever. And how did you make it through that moment? What what kept you moving forward instead of going back? I couldn't go back because yeah. going back meant death. Mm. it meant um, no hope. Mm-hmm. I couldn't ever go back. Yeah. The thing that struck me as you were talking is that you talked about being torn from the, it was like the old you and the new you. And, and that's a similar theme for me that I had to be reborn. When I finally came out, it was like the old me that I died at 30 and was reborn into the authentic midge. And I think that's the process I saw you taking is that as you peeled away all of the things that you thought were you, you had to peel those things away to find the core of you and surprise to you probably and everybody else at the time you were, you were gay. And, and that was something that you had covered up for a very long time to save your family, to save your faith. And yet you never, you never really had to save your faith. You just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It surprised me, the process, mm-hmm. the discovery. It was, mm-hmm. it was surprising. And I remember, so um, August 3rd, 2020, it was my new life day. Okay. That's how I put it. <laughs> and I celebrated every year. Uh, and so um, it's just, it's the day that I drove away in a U-Haul. Mm. And I, and I moved back to Maine where I'm from and I just started fresh and it was hard for Mm -hmm. my family members. Mm -hmm. It was really hard for them and, and understandably. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I just had to remember what I was doing this for, you know, and just remember, it wasn't hard to remember how how painful it was to stay, but, but it was, um, I had hope for the future for the very first time Mm. and I couldn't let go of that. There was so much possibility. There was so much, 
um, discovery that I was mm-hmm. ready to make. Mm-hmm. It was, it was quite a process, but, but I do, I celebrate every year on that. Day. That's awesome. Okay. August 3rd, 2020, we're all going to do a jig. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a jig for you on, on August 3rd. I wrote it down so I won't forget because, you know, I am 64. So <laughs> the other day I thought I was another age, but that's just a whole other story. <laughs> I did. I even put it out on Facebook. Yes, I did. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I corrected myself. God bless. Bless me. <laughs> oh, bless oh I'm excited. Uh, let's hear more. Let's hear more. What's the next selection? That you okay, have the, the next selection is about my mother, my relationship <laughs> with my mother. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I know, I know. My mom... Uh, she takes a beating a little bit in the book and I, and, and I feel bad about that, but um, this is the good news. This paragraph on the brighter side, I've mended my relationship with my mother in an effort to reestablish our friendship. She and I have practiced either genuine forgetfulness or selective amnesia. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) In an effort to reestablish our friendship, she and I have practiced either genuine forgetfulness or selective amnesia. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) When I came out to her in January of 2020, she told me she loved me very much, but that she couldn't support me. I understand her predicament. As a member of the LDS church, she isn't permitted to sympathize with members of the queer community. (sighs) So I meet her where she is. We don't talk much about it. We just get together every couple of months and watch movies, play cribbage, and cook delicious food. Honestly, she was more upset that I might be a Democrat than she was about my being gay and leaving the church. (laughs) I love you so much. Um, So that's that's so poignant. Um, For me, it's poignant because I think I understand your mother from knowing my mother. (laughs) um, And I I was just the reason I, I had you reread that one section about the forgetfulness and the amnesia is that 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 is such a loving a loving gift that you're giving to your mother when it's all said and done you know you you're living within the heart of who you are and that's who you are that you are kind and you're compassionate and you care about the people who are in your life even though she did not always treat you the way you deserved to be treated and that's grace, you know, for you to be able to extend that grace back to your mother through your wounds. And I'm, I'm really in awe of your ability to do that, Chris, seriously. That's Um, very kind. Grace is actually a concept that I'm, that I'm focusing on this year. mm. Um, It doesn't really exist in the Mormon church. Mm. Um, it's, you have to work really hard and you're never Mm going to make it. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you'll get a little help in the end if you need it, but it's, uh, it's not a concept that, that, that I was in the habit of practicing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm really learning about that and learning about just being gentle with myself, Mm -hmm. being gentle with other people, being gentle with the process of how things work and, and just, um, you know, relaxing into it a little bit. Mm, That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I think you deserve that. You know, you deserve to have that connection to your mother that's positive and you deserve that she couldn't have done it before, but she's also in her own way, extending grace to her daughter whom she doesn't understand necessarily. And she still is in conflict with her faith, but loves you enough to still have a relationship with you. 
Yes, she is trying her best. Yeah, she really is. In fact, I just have to tell a story that um, last year, I guess it was, yeah, the end of last year, um, I brought my girlfriend to meet her. Oh, wow. We had lunch. Um, it, you know, it was a public place. We met halfway between where we live. And um, my mother, it was around Valentine's Day. She brought gifts. She brought she brought us each a big gift bag full of just things that she thought we would both like. And, and oh. she she gave one to my girlfriend and one to me. And um, she Midge, I left the table for a minute to use the bathroom and um, I came back and the two of them were like best friends. <laughs> <laughs> when I came back to the table, I'm not sure what happened, but my mom. <sighs> turned to her and said, thank you for loving my daughter. Oh, I could see that she's very happy now. Wow. So there are moments, there are, there are definitely moments of connection and of love and appreciation. And I just soak it up. I, you know, I take yeah. what I can get and, and I really appreciate her, her, you know, extending the olive branch and making an effort. It means a lot. And that's, that's like a little twinge of enlightenment. Like she's yeah. waking up. You know, there's a shard of light that's coming through there for her, maybe her own growth and her own awareness. Maybe yeah. So. And you guys were like the little ignite thing. You know, you ignited that for her. She had to come to terms with it because you were in her face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yay for you for being a teacher. <laughs> wow. Well, that's beautiful to to hear because from reading your your story and and going through the journey with you as you wrote it. Um, that's a big step. And one, I don't think you nor I would have expected uh, her to be able to do not through her faith right. or personally. So that's a huge, huge step. Right, right. And, and she's from an older generation. Yeah. And it's, it's appears to be more difficult for people who are older. And, oh, yeah. and it's, um, you know, we live in a, in an area of the country of the world that's, um, that is a little behind the times, I guess you could say, and mm -hmm. just, you know, that's, that's both good and bad. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so it's, it's quite a, a concept for her to, to deal with. And I appreciate her efforts. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we, we hold her up in the light and we, we thank <laughs> her <laughs> and we say, yes. keep moving forward, keep moving forward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's next for us, Miss Chris? What's next for my reading from my mm -hmm. conclusion? Mm -hmm. All right. We talk about my kids. There we go. Favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> to my delight, I've maintained strong relationships with my adult children. We FaceTime every week and keep each other updated with current events in our lives. We express love and concern, and we're building our relationships stronger with every phone call and visit. Mm. My oldest is getting engaged and will soon <clears throat> be married in the temple. This is a ceremony that I'm no longer allowed to attend, and I'll miss the event because I don't believe what the church teaches. But can I blame him for wanting to be married in the building that I taught him was the most sacred place on earth, mm. a place that's so special that only the most faithful members of the church can enter? So I'll wait patiently outside on the manicured grounds of the temple building for him and his new bride to present themselves to the world as a newly married couple. There will be tears but there will be no regrets on my part. Mm. <clears throat> my heart 
hurt for you when I read that, and I knew that story of what was going to happen, and I, I was so sad for you, but um, I'm so proud of you for finding a way to still honor your son and your truth that you you didn't walk away from him in a huff and say if I could, you, you know if you're going to do it there and you went in and you that never even occurred to you no, I mean that was no. that was just not even a part of your awareness um I, I just was so I don't know in awe again of you because you were able to find a balance between your truth and loving your children when you presented that to him or if you guys have talked about that how did he feel about your decision not to attend? Well, it wasn't my decision. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I did not have a temple recommend to enter the building. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't, um, you know, I, and and he and his bride, they they were very sensitive to, you know, the, the situation. And they were very careful to make sure I felt included in everything else. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I mm -hmm. felt very respected and welcomed. Um, I have to say that um, her family was, we had the wedding in August mm -hmm. and um, her family was phenomenal with, with me and just, um, you know, making me feel welcome and um, just, um, I, I don't know, I felt, I felt really good and included and, and I mm -hmm. didn't feel the exclusion of the day. I did not feel oh, that. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. And also um, my ex-husband's family, it was the first time I had seen him, them since I had come out and, and we had separated and I was very nervous about, <laughs> about seeing them and, and what kind of reception I would get. And um, I have to tell you that um, my, my girlfriend, my current girlfriend, we were just starting to talk on the phone um, just before I left for the wedding, we hadn't even met yet, but she was, uh, we were still new in, in our relationship. <laughs> and uh, she was like, you walk into that bridal shower, like you own the place. <laughs> She's like you hold your head up high, no shame, no guilt, no embarrassment. You are amazing. And mm -hmm. we need to know that. <laughs> so yeah, good for her. <laughs> it was it was phenomenal. And, and I just cannot say enough. Um, just the how loved I felt and mm. how included and how um, I guess I was looking for some kind of forgiveness, but mm. it wasn't it wasn't even on the table. They were like, you are yourself and, and mm -hmm. we're very proud of you. And it, it was a wonderful experience. Oh, wow. What a cleansing that was. I mean, it, yeah. it kind of just cleansed out all of the debris of what could have been should have been, you know, good for you Thanks. and how brave you were to go. I mean, that also shows how much love you have for your child, that you put yourself in an unknown situation with an unknown outcome, and that's terrifying for gay people. <laughs> Where's the exit? <laughs> Look for all exits. <laughs> know that you have a cab waiting. <laughs> but it can be really terrifying, especially in a, in a super single-minded religious place. I mean, there, there's no error or no, no, not error, no room for diversity in that kind yeah. of situation. Right. It's scary. It was scary. It was a scary, sure. intimidating situation, but it turned out great. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. I think we have one more selection. Is that yes. correct? Okay. Awesome. Yes. So I'm going to read uh, about, I wrote about my girlfriend ah. and then just, uh, then just a concluding sentence okay. or two. Okay. Okay. 
I've also found romantic love. I have found a person with whom I can be authentic and sincere. My life is enriched by her nurturing presence. And she doesn't just appreciate what I can do for her or what perfect image I can project of us. She loves me for who I am. She loves me. And I'm emphatically in love with her. <laughs> I know in my heart and soul that I am worthy of love. I am worthy of a life filled with hope and possibility, worthy of a life worth living. Amen. Amen. It's such a beautiful memoir. The threads that you take between your childhood and the church and just it's just so beautifully written and just so inspiring to see how how desperate you became. And now when you talk about being worthy and hope and that you're worth loving and it's just the most transformational writing I've heard in a very long, read in a very long time. It's just amazing. Thank you, Mitch. I really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. And as, as someone has said before, you know, when the movie comes out, <laughs> who should play me? Hmm. Who should play you? <laughs> who should play you? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> We need to get a list together. <laughs> yes. You know how they do on Facebook and there's that little game that people play and it's like, you know, type in, you know, something and, and a name pops up and you put like, so Chris Davis, you know, started the fire in the campground and, you know, different names in your friends list show up as to things that they do. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. I think you'll be more mindful than that when you pick the people who play us. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I'm more intentional. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So through this whole experience, what do you think that was the hardest part for you in writing the memoir? What was, it might've been something that you had to write about or just the process of writing in general. What's, as you look back over this experience, what was the most difficult part of doing the memoir? Um, I think it was deciding what needed to be said and what can be left unsaid. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, write about some sensitive topics mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I'm pleased with what I included in the book, but there, there were other things that only would besmirch the reputations of the people mm -hmm. that I love or have mm -hmm. been in contact with in the past. And I just didn't feel that that was necessary, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. um, it was hard to, um, you know, it was it was the emotional processing that was mm -hmm. that was the hardest part about writing a mm -hmm. memoir is that, mm -hmm. you know, what did I think about that? And how did I feel about that? I'm I'm not sure. I've never really examined it before. And so I uh -huh. had to do some digging and mm -hmm. and um, I came out of it healthier. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so now that you're putting it out into the world, do you have any kind of trepidation? Is there <laughs> anxiety? <laughs> My, my favorite go-to emotion. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of imposter syndrome. Who do okay. I think I am? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, so I sat down and had coffee with a fan, oh. a local fan, and it was the most bizarre experience to sit down with someone for the first time who knew everything about me. Oh, man. Yeah. So this is a very vulnerable undertaking. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I'm trying to just um, be okay with everything that I've written mm -hmm. and shared mm -hmm. and, um, you know, get to a place where 
<clears throat> I can withstand maybe some criticism mm-hmm. or some um, judgment, mm. which will probably come. Oh, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't received it yet, but, mm-hmm. but I need to like, you know, get ready for that and, and mm-hmm. kind of prepare myself and, and put on some armor about it. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's a vulnerable experience, but I'm really um, looking forward to having some conversations, some difficult conversations and mm-hmm. anticipate uh, I've already experienced too, is a lot of people saying, I relate with the mm-hmm. story you're telling mm-hmm. my story. And I, mm-hmm. um, I feel honored to mm-hmm. have put those things into words where people mm-hmm. can, can relate with it. Mm-hmm. I had one other person contact me this week and say that she, after reading the memoir, she found that she felt nostalgic for a childhood that wasn't even her own. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're so relatable. I mean, it really is. I mean, even though your story may be significant from your your church, any other pl- person who's been through religious trauma, no matter what the denomination or faith, everybody's going to relate to your story. And anybody who is not really bogged down into the religious aspect, but the familial aspect of how people treated you and your family and what you had to go through to move past all of that. I mean, that's, it's all relatable. And to, to have you as a beacon of light to say, this is how I came through it offers the door open for other people to see that light and come through it. And they'll have their own experience, but you will be the person that lights that path. Oh, thank you. And I hope that it inspires them to tell their stories in whatever medium they want. But I think it's really important to get that those stories out there, the representation, the, yes. the visibility is so yeah. important. And next month is Pride Month. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think every month should be Pride Month. Can we just pass a law? Me. <laughs> That's right. Me too. It's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Just a month? I'm, I'm pretty yeah. proud every day. I survived. I'm right. still standing. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. Well, what has what has been left unsaid, my friend? What is something we haven't covered that that you really want people to know or to hear from you? What's been left unsaid? Um, I think that um, I I wanted to just say something about the cover of my book. Yes, please do. I um, I didn't choose the designs that were given to me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, they felt too heavy, too um, uh, sad. Mm. um kind of emo they they felt they felt um negative mm-hmm. and so um when the artist came up with this rendition it's a hand holding a rainbow ribbon with uh uh some forget-me-nots on the wrist with a band-aid and um so I love and it's bright bl- brilliant blue mm-hmm. I I love that it's cheerful looking <clears throat> mm-hmm. but it has a nod to trauma Mm-hmm. And I think that is mm-hmm. my personality in a nutshell is mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm positive, I'm cheerful. I'm uh, I try to, you know, look on the bright side, but yeah, I've been through some stuff and mm-hmm. uh, I came out of it smelling pretty good. So I'm glad. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it clean for you, Mitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have cared. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> But, but I'm really proud of the cover yes. and um, the artist that, uh, that worked with me on that was phenomenal. She just, mm-hmm. she had a conversation with me and she, she had her finger on the beat of what I was trying to say. And, and she said it in a picture. Yep. She did. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And I, I love it too. And so I'm really glad that, 
that it feels right to you. And it, it definitely speaks to everything that your book is going to bring to us as readers and the trauma, you know, it's never going to hurt the way it did as you went through it. But that's just that I like that you put that on there, that it's a reminder that there is a place that can still be tickled and, you know, and that every once in a while, depending on political things or laws and that that reopens that wound, that Band-Aid can be ripped off in moments that we are having to deal with one more law against us or one more right taken away or threatened to be taken away. Because when we have that religious trauma and societal trauma about being LGBTQIA, we're always at risk of having someone do something that could wound us again. And so I love the fact that you you have that for your own trauma, but also for all of us who may also have trauma and that we can still continue to to come through it collectively and individually. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's a, it's a look back at how far we've come, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you're still standing above ground and still breathing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you. I mean, I, I know that the current political climate is uh, aggressive, mm-hmm. but um you know, we're, we're at least able to have the conversation now, which we weren't 40 years ago. Exactly. We were not able to talk about it or, or live it, live our truth. And yes. so I believe we're trending in the right direction. I do too. And it I is. think that's, that's exactly what your story is all about is trending up, moving forward, being authentic um, and living your best life. Yeah, that is exactly it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. In a nutshell. Well, in a nutshell. <laughs> so please, everybody, please find this memoir. And where can they find it, Chris? They can find it on my website, chrisdavisproud.com. It's on Amazon. It's on Books A Million. It's on, uh, it's on bookshop.org. It's on Barnes & Noble. Um, you know, of course, patronize your, your local independent bookstore seller, bookseller, and, uh, you know, make sure that they get some love. That's right. That's right. And we want to return the love to Chris. So once you get her memoir, which I'm sure you will, please go and write a review, give her some love back onto her site so that people will know and be able to find her. The more reviews authors get, the more publicity they will get, and they will get ranked higher in the the line of books. So we want Worthy to be up there. And so find some love for Chris and send it to her. And don't, you know, everybody goes, oh, okay, I will. And then we forget. So write this down. <laughs> Put a star by it. <laughs> Just write a review. <laughs> and and we you. would be very appreciative. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Chris, you know, I love you. And I can't wait to maybe meet you if you're going to the, um, what is that in September? September, yes. I think, I'm going. Yeah, I'm really trying to go this year, so okay. um, hold space for me. I can't wait to meet you in person, person, because I feel like we we've known each other forever. So I can't yeah, wait to see you in person. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes, Always it great is. to connect with you, Mitch. Awesome. Well, love you. Can't wait to see you in person. And people, thank you so much to Chris for sharing her story and honoring us yet again with her presence. Um, I'm so excited to always have her here as well. She's one of my favorite people. Um, as we're closing, please check out our Facebook group, Gay with God, where we do a monthly Zoom group entitled My Faith Journey. And that's going to be coming up May 8th 
uh, at 6.30, so you can join us for conversation, and we get into all sorts of cool topics, so please join us for that. And on the Gay With God um, site, you can also find a link to my Ask Me Anything, as I am meeting with you every month at 7 p.m. That's going to be on May 11th to talk about my upcoming memoir, read you a little snippet of either something that's really written or one of the untold stories. That would be the diary section (laughs) that may not ever see the light of day, but you, inclusive little group, will be able to see it. So that is going to be May 11th. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, or maybe you're not sure if you're gay yet, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.